in Parashat Kitavo, there is a section that deals with Berachot, all the blessings that will come upon a person who takes the Torah as his advice and advisor to life. Basically, every person comes to this planet and is given years to live, is given different tools, and Hashem gave us a book that's full of instruction to make life complete, full, sameer, full of simcha in this world, full of accomplishment, that the world will not just be a temporary place, it will be eternity. We are in this world as a time of investment for something that is eternal. Eternity is a very long time, much more than we can count forever. Eternity. Eternity is something that is the obvious ending of this world. Obvious. You don't have to be such a ma'amin to know that there is something called eternity. And if you ask me why it's so obvious, and this is very simple, that the creator of the world, we see his kindness, we see his wisdom, we see his greatness, it's all over, all around us. You can't miss it if you open your eyes. Two simple reasons why eternity is obvious, maybe more. But number one, anything that expires is faulty. Anything that comes to an end isn't truly good. Things that are truly good, they don't stop. The creator of the world, if he would create us with a with a time we come in and we end, then we're like milk. But after a few days or after a few weeks, it expires. Oh, the creator of the world, the kindness, the wisdom of the creator to create something, to create something that has an expiration. Things that are an expiration aren't intrinsically good. And if the kindness that Hashem did with us has an expiration, but it's not intrinsically good, it's only a temporary good. We wouldn't accuse the Creator of doing something that's temporary good when God is perfect and His kindness is non-stop. Besides that, accusing the Creator of the world of ending the world as we physically expire, is accusing him of a very, very terrible, terrible accusation that we wouldn't even accuse a decent human being. What do I mean? Imagine that you have the Hafez Haim and Hitler in Mahshemah. It lived around the same time. They both passed away. They both died. And they both buried. The Hafez Haim spent his whole life helping the Jewish people, helping humanity, teaching them how to love one another, teaching them how to speak. He spent his whole life sacrificing for the good around him, giving his time learning, doing all beautiful things in his life. The Hafez Hayim till today, his fingerprints are in this world. You see, sometimes you leave the world and you're gone. And sometimes you leave the world, but you're always there. It says, Sadiqim, great people, they never actually die because their investments are continuing. 
The Hafez Hayim today is a strong influence in our lives. And Hitler, Yemah Shemo, we don't have to even start about the destruction and the evil of this man. But guess what? They both died and they both buried. If we would actually think that the end is this world, so basically you're accusing the creator of the world. If Hitler ended up in the same place as the Hafez Haim, you're accusing the creator of such a horrible system of justice. Imagine in, the, in a country where they would treat the greatest men, the kindest men, the same as the most evil men. You would say that country, that court system is so, it's a sick place. They, they treat the murderer the same as the philanthropist. They have the same ending. They give them both applause and claps. What kind of country is that? What kind of system? Where's the fairness? You would walk out of that court and say, these people are really evil. To accuse the creator of the world that the ending of, the, of Hitler should be the same as the ending of the Hafez Haim is a very terrible accusation that we wouldn't even accuse a human being of stooping to such a level. So bottom line, we are in this world and this world was supposed to build ourselves into a greater world in eternity, in eternity that's full of pleasure. But you know how you prepare for pleasure? You ever see a guy getting ready for a baseball game? They're about to play the World Series. What, what are the players doing before the World Series, an hour or two before? They're preparing for the game. What are they doing? They're batting. They're pitching. They're fielding. Because the way you prepare for a game is you practice what's going to happen in the game and you get it right. You know how you practice for a world of pleasure? How do you practice for a world of pleasure? We're here in this world to develop our ability to go into the world of pleasure called Gan Eden. So how do you prepare for a world of pleasure? Answer is, you got to learn how to live with pleasure in this world. That is the preparation for the world of pleasure. The world of pleasure is not a consequence of pain, not a consequence of a person living a depressed life or an unhappy life or a life that's full of sweat and toil and, and unhappiness, God forbid. The opposite. How do you prepare for a world of pleasure? You got to learn how to live a life of pleasure. That is the guidelines and the goal of the Torah is to bring a person into a world of pleasure, not in the next world. That's, that's the preparation for the next world. But in this world, this world is meant to be a world of Gan Eden. But you have to play by the rules. If you don't play by the rules, you will have a lot of complaints as just go out in the street and put your ear in any car that's driving or put your ear in any home or in any conversation. It's within seconds, sometimes minutes, that you'll hear people complaining about the terrible world that they're living in. The world is given to us as a preparation for the world of pleasure. Living a life of pleasure is the preparation, but don't try it on your own because pleasure isn't as simple as it sounds. You may be looking for the pleasure and actually looking for something that's the opposite. Hashem made the world in a very, very, we'll call it, very disguising way because of free choice where the pleasures don't always look like pleasures, actually the opposite. Sometimes the pleasures, the real pleasures look like they're not pleasures and the fake pleasures look like they're real pleasures. That's part of the world. That's to take every drug addict. He also was looking for pleasure, but he ended up not in a good place. 
So the world is very deceiving. And thank God we have a Torah that we get to learn day and night. The purpose of the Torah is to give us clarity in life, to make sure that we stay within the lines, within the boundaries that will bring us a life of pleasure and then of course an eternity of pleasure. So in this parasha, there is a portion that talks about beracha and klala. Unlike what people think that beracha and klala means that Hashem says, oh, you did the right thing. Oh, I'm so happy. You, you did what I wanted from you. Oh, that's so nice. Let me give you some candy. Let me give you some blessings because I like what you're doing. You're making me feel good. I'm going to make you feel good. And then the klala, the curse is, oh, you didn't do the right thing? Oh, come here. I'm very upset with you. Let me take my stick out and let me start slapping you. It's unfortunately the childish view of most people when it comes to Torah and mitzvot and berachot and klalot. They see a beracha as a compensation because we did, so, such, we did such a kindness to the Creator. We did so much, so much good for Him. So He gives us the reward. And then he slaps us when we don't listen to him because he gets very mad and very upset. Like when you did something wrong to your teacher and he got very mad and he took out his stick or he did something wrong in your house and your father got so angry and he says, I'm taking, give me your hand, give me your foot. Uh, some people still do that. I would recommend that people shouldn't do that. Today's world, one should not be raising his hand against anybody. It's not a good advice for but maybe times of past it would have been the right thing to do with a different system of, of, of this world. Anyway, it's a very childish view of life. Very, very childish. You'll forgive me. I think most of us have some way or form such a view. It's a terrible, terrible misunderstanding of, of the way Beracha and Kilala work. Beracha and Kilala are not reactions of the Creator. They are the reality of life. Which means that when you do what's right, so, for example, when you played the game the right way and you won, the winning wasn't the reward for playing right. The winning is the result of playing right. When you play right and you win the game, so you won not as a reward of playing it right, Playing right makes you a winner. And when you don't play right, so you're a loser. It's not that they have to say, oh, now you lost because you didn't play right. Playing the game not the right way makes you the loser. That's why you're a loser. Nobody had to come and say and pronounce you a loser. You pronounced yourself a loser by playing the right way. If a person eats something that's poisonous and God forbid gets sick or dies, that's not considered a punishment. That's called a consequence. When you eat poison, you get hurt. It's a consequence. The berachot and kelalot in the Torah are consequences of life reality. They're not someone coming to give you candy or to smack you. They are a consequence of your actions. It's not, that's the way this world is. It has principles, it has rules, and it has consequences. In these uh, berachot, there's so much chokhmah, there's so much wisdom about the real blessings and curses of life. Because even the blessings and curses of life, Hashem made it where it's not so clear. It's an amazing, who would have ever imagined that the Creator could create blessings, a blessed life, a cursed life, and yet figure out a way to camouflage it where it's possible to think something is a blessing but it's a curse or vice versa give you an example of that it says over here Hashem says if you follow the guidelines if you take the Torah that I gave you and you make it your companion and you make your decisions in life according to its principles it's a very big thing that a person must do one day in his life. It's not automatic because you're a Jew, because you were born Jewish. There has to be a day in your life where you say, Naseb and Ishma. They said it years ago, 
But every Jew has to have a moment of Nasiv and Hishma, where you say, I'm taking my, my life decisions going forward are going to be according to the guidelines of the Creator. Simple. When I do something, I'm going to ask, what does the Creator think? It's a big moment in a person's life. So it says, if you have that moment, which means if you commit that your leader is not going to be living in Hollywood, your leader is not going to be living in Paris, your leader is not going to be somebody in the stock exchange, not someone in the real estate business, your leader is not going to be somebody in the, in the uh, singing industry or in the sports industry, who are the leaders of mankind? These are the leaders. Either somebody in Hollywood, somebody in business, somebody in sports. Some, that's, that's the leaders. You go on the subway and tell me who's leading all those people. Who are they learning from? Who are they following? Hashem says, If you choose to be under my leadership, a full commitment to my leadership, not a partial one. It's also one of the big issues that we have in life. Call. I'll get back to that word soon. It call mitzvotav. He says, Uba'u alecha. Pasuk says, in Perek Chafhet, Pasuk Bet, if you want to read it. Uba'u alecha kola berachot ha'ele. All these blessings. I'm about to tell you, are going to come to you. You don't need to go get them. Interesting thing about a blessed life is you can't go get it. It's not for sale. It's not something you can go to travel to Israel to get. Although some people might think it is. People think the blessings are in Israel. When I go to Israel, I get blessings. The Pasuk says clearly not that way. Uba'u alecha. Guess what? what you know, Uba'u alecha means, means you can't chase blessings. If you're chasing blessings, so by definition, you're chasing the wrong thing because blessings can't be chased. What an amazing, what an amazing haidush. If you're chasing a blessing, so by definition, you're looking for the wrong thing. Because blessings only come. They're not things you could chase. You know how big of a Hidush that is? Do you understand? That's a very big Hidush. Let me say it again. Uba'u Alecha is saying that you want for your life blessings, don't you? You want happiness. You want peace of mind. You want success. Everything you do, you want success. You want a blessing. You want to be able to live in Gan Eden. Let's call the word Gan Eden as the life of blessing. You want to live in the world of pleasures. Who doesn't? Why do I wake up every morning? To live a life of pleasure. That's why you wake up too when every person. That doesn't make us unique. But what he's telling you here is that if you're chasing pleasures, you'll never find them. Because by definition, the blessing of life is something that is coming to you. What does it mean it's coming to you? It means that it's only a consequence of something else. What do you mean, ba'u alecha? Ba'u means you can't get it. You need to get to something, and that something will bring the blessing in your life. What a idush. The entire humanity is running for pleasures. Another vacation, another car, another pleasure, another restaurant, another party, another item to buy, another thing to go into. Everyone's looking for some other way to chase pleasures. You see it all around you. It's amazing when you start learning and you open your eyes 
how much clearer the world becomes around you. You start seeing people all around you and they're just chasing another pleasure in hope that they will finally get what they're looking for. But the Pasuk says, you're making a terrible error. Uba'u alecha. Pleasures only come to you. You need to chase something where pleasures will come to you from that. Because, and if you tell me, and if you tell me, wait, but can I run after pleasures too? Don't I run after pleasures in life and sometimes I run after them and I get them. Not all the pleasures come to you. There are many pleasures that I chase and I get them. Says the Pasuk, listen to these words. Hashem says the pleasures that come to you are intrinsically different than the pleasures you run after. Which means that if Hashem would make it that every time you run after a pleasure, you don't get pleasure, and the only pleasures in the world that come from your actions, so then everyone would figure it out, and it would be obvious, and then there'll be no free choice. Imagine every pleasure you ever ran after, you never got a pleasure. And the only pleasures come when you press the button that Hashem says. So then who wouldn't press the button? But then there's no free choice, gentlemen. Ah, so what does Hashem do? He said, no, of course you're going to get pleasures. You could run after pleasures. But says the Creator, there are two sugyot in pleasures. There are two sections, two types of pleasures. There are the pleasures that come to you and then there are pleasures that you chase after. The ones that come to you are intrinsically different than the one that you chase after. How so? Listen to these words. Look at the chokhmah of the Creator. Uba'u alecha. Kol That's Hidush number one. Hidush number one is that when you run after a pleasure, you may get a pleasure. But it's not kol. You'll have some emptiness or disappointment around that pleasure. You, you may love the candy that you're eating, but you're going to have, maybe go to the dentist the next day. You may end up in a place of pleasure and you'll get some pleasure, but it won't be cold. It'll come with side effects. It'll come with side problems. It'll come with disappointments. You may have gotten to where you wanted and you would have gotten the beracha. But it's not kol. And I told you this a few weeks ago. How many problems does it take in life? A person who is blessed. Blessed. Everywhere you look in his portfolio, blessing, blessing, blessing. How many problems does he need in his life to take all those blessings and feel like he has nothing? One. That's the great wisdom of the Creator. That He can give you all the blessings in the world and yet you're not blessed. Why would Hashem do that? Free choice. So that people will look at you and you can look at yourself as well and say, look how much blessing I have. But I'm just missing this issue. It's a big problem. The ones that you run after, the blessings that you run after are never going to be kol haberachot. You're going to get many things that you chase. You will get. But you're going to have a lot of empty holes. And sometimes one empty hole can make you so miserable that all the pleasures, you say, no, I'd rather give up all those pleasures just to take care of this problem. All it takes, God forbid, is one issue with your health. One issue with your children. One issue with your finances. One issue, your mind is not balanced. God forbid, one issue with vertigo. and the, the, Everything you have is, is worthless. One issue. You can't stand up straight. You lose your balance. There are many versions of vertigo. 
there's balance of the person's body, there's balance, balance of, of his life. There's a... So of course, you can get berachot if you chase for them. You could. You'll get berachot. And you'll say, look, the rabbi said that berachot only come to you. But here, I proved it. I went, I traveled, looking for a beracha, and I got it. Got the beracha? What's he saying? Says the pasuk, the nature of the berachot that come to you is they're all-inclusive. They're not berachot that have holes. They're not berachot that have side effects. They're complete berachot, which is the only way to get a berachot. Notice that. Uba'u alecha kol haberachot ha'ele. Why does that say kol? It would mean the same thing if it would say uba'u alecha haberachot ha'ele. He's about to list beautiful blessings. What would be missing if the pasuk would say and the blessings, these blessings, are going to come to you? What's wrong? What are you adding the word kol? Because that's the key word. It's not enough to give you one beracha and you're missing four things or to bless you four and missing one. You're still not living a beracha. The real beracha, the ba'u alecha berachot, those berachot come in a complete package. You have a complete, I don't mean life is easy. I want to remind you, never meant that. I never mean life will be easy. When I say you have a complete package of berachot, I don't mean life is easy. Life is challenging. But despite the challenges, there's Gan Eden. You don't have to live an easy life to live a blessed life. In this, in this country, you always have to remind people that. That when you say beracha, 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 they think you mean you just sit on your chair somewhere in the backyard by a pool with water running all around you. And that's the beracha. So you have to remind people, no, no. You could work very hard and you can even struggle in life and live a beracha. In fact, Shlomo Amelach says, it's sweet, the work of the person who understands that he's in this world to work. Work is very sweet. You can go, whether it's work in Torah or work even in business or work in your home, work on your relationships. If you're working towards a great goal and you're struggling, that could be a very sweet life. So I just want to remind you of that. Let's go back again. The package of the not the ones that you look for. The ones that you look for, you'll get berachot, but it won't be a full package You'll constantly be covering holes. Oh, I got everything. You know, I always think that every person is one item away from happiness. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Everyone, you know, if I had a normal wife, everything would be good. Like, everything is perfect. I have good look. I, I got my finances good. I got my, my kids are okay. My, but my wife, she drives me crazy. If I had a normal wife, then... It would be complete, my blessings. To some others, it would be if I had a normal child. If I had some money. If I could just buy a home. That's all I need. You know how many people right now think that? They just need a home. They're struggling from year to year to rent, to look. If I just had a house, I would be in Gan Eden. That's the way the, the world operates. But says the creator of the world, when you get the blessing of the ba'u kind, the one that come to you, they come in packages that are complete. Imagine that. You know how awesome that is? You know how deep that is? You chase after the biracha, you get biracha, but they're not complete. And then, there's another advantage of the ba'u alecha. Berachot. And they will reach you. 
What do you mean they will reach you? Of course they'll reach you. If they come to you, if you, if you get beracha in your life, that means it reached you. If you made a lot of money, so it reached you. You have the pleasure of a home. It reached you. You got a good business. It reached you. You have good health. It reached you. Who else did it reach? If you have good health, who else did the health go to? Says the Pasuk, be careful. There are two types of berachot in life. There are the berachot that come to you and then there are berachot that reach you. The ones that reach you means that you fully appreciate them when you have them. You not only have the beracha, but you enjoy it. Because you can get a lot of berachot in life. They're there. You have them. But they didn't reach you. They come to you. But you're not enjoying the beracha the way you're supposed to or the way you could. You have bread on your table. That's a beracha. But it didn't reach you. You're not enjoying your bread. You ordered a nice dinner for yourself. This is a blessing, but you're not enjoying it the way you're supposed to. You're not walking away from it saying, wow, that was awesome, that was great. So look what happens with the ba'u alecha brachot. The ba'u alecha brachot, they have an advantage in quantity and quality. The ba'u alecha come all one package. They don't come with holes. They come complete. And quality. You're not just going to get some light version of the blessing or light version of the pleasure. You could have a light version of marriage, of the pleasure of marriage. A light version. Or you could have a heavy dosage of pleasure in your marriage. You could have a light pleasure of your food or a heavy dosage of the pleasure of your food. The same bread could be a little enjoyable or extremely enjoyable. When does it become extremely enjoyable? When it reaches you. Says the creator of the world. Be careful, open your eyes. I made the world a little bit tricky. Not all pleasures are equal. The ones that I'm offering you are the ba'u alecha kind. That's why if you look in the parasha, when it talks about earlier in the parasha, there is what's called vidui hamasrot. Vidui, as you know, means what? Confession. He did something wrong. You have a person, a farmer, who has every year on his farm growth, produce. And every year there's halachot. He has to give 2% off the top to the Kohen. Automatically, Kohen gets 2%. After he gives the Kohen to... It's a lot, by the way. It's a lot of... I could grow tons and tons. 2% go to the Kohen. 10%. Another 10%. Go to the Levi. So if you have... You have... You made... Let's, call, let's, let's make it money. You made a million dollars. Right away, you go to the Kohen. You hand them $20,000. The guy did nothing. You're working... You know, it's not easy to be a farmer. You're working early in the morning. You're exhausted every day in the hot sun. $20,000 to the Kohen. He didn't, he didn't even set foot on your, on your, in your farm. Next. Next. You go to the Levi. 100 grand. Nice one. So you have $98,000. Look at that. Nice check. One check to the Levi. What did the Levi do? Nothing. No, he didn't do nothing. He's teaching Am Yisrael Torah. What do you mean? He's doing nothing. He's the reason why you have a berakhah. 
You write in that check. Write it Basimha. And when you write in the check, don't say thank you. Ask, don't ask for a thank you. Tell him thank you. Say thank you for being there to get my check. Please cash it. After that, another nine, another 10%, another check for 100 grand. This one, there's a difference depending on the year. There's a six-year cycle. Sometimes it goes to the ani, a poor person. And sometimes it goes for you, because you're the biggest ani. You're the biggest ani in life is yourself. Take the 10% and take it to Yerushalayim and eat it in Yerushalayim around the Kohanim, around Kiddushah because you need that Kiddushah and you need that influence just as much as Da'ani needs money. It's interesting. The Torah compares the second 10%. Sometimes you give to the Ani, to the poor guy, and sometimes you give to yourself. How does that make sense? How, why are you compared to the Ani? So perhaps, Torah is telling you something. You're, you're, you're as big an Ani as that guy. See the Ani you gave money to? You see he needs money, so you gave him a check for 100 grand? The next year, you know who the Ani is? You. You're not an Ani in money, but you're an Ani in spirituality. Take the 10% that you gave the Ani last year, take it, and spend it on yourself. But in very specific way. Go to Yerushalayim. Make sure you're pure when you eat it. Make sure the food is pure. Make sure that you do it the right way, in the right place, with the right people. Because that's what you need. You're also an Ani. Don't think because you have money, you're rich in everything. You can have a lot of money and still be an Ani. So make sure you go and take it to yourself. In fact, in fact, in the six-year cycle, there's year one, year two, year three, and again, year one, year two, year three. How many of those years go to the Ani, the second 10%? How many of those years? Two. The third year and the sixth year. The first, second, fourth, and fifth. It's you. Perhaps the message is, you're a bigger honey than that guy. You got to take care of yourself four years. He only needs two years of your money. But he has no money. But guess what? You need four years. That's how much of a need you have. So now, you have this farmer. The Torah says that every three years, after the three-year cycle, he needs to make vidui. Vidui, as you know, means, I admit, confession. Called vidui masrat. What's he coming to confess? That he did what he's supposed to do. He gave the money to the Kohen. He gave to the Levi. He gave to the Ani. He went to Yerushalayim. Okay, he's got to speak up. Good. But if you look in the word that he says, Ve'amarta. Sorry, ve'amarta. Ve'amarta. And when you go to make this confession, this is what you say. You ready for this? This is what you say. Bi'arti kodesh minabayit. I got rid of all the holy things that are not supposed to be in my house. I got rid of them. They're outside. They're not there. Ve'gam. Ve'gam netativ. La Levi, I gave the Levi his part. De la guerre, I gave the convert who's poor, usually Yatom, Almana. I gave them. I gave the Ani. Does that sound like a confession to you? Do you see any confession here? He did good. Get up and say, I gave the Kohen, I gave the Levi, I gave the Ani, I did everything right. What kind of confession is that? What kind of vidui is that? Imagine on Kippur, you get up and make vidui like that. Hashem, I honored my parents. I never spoke Lashonara. I prayed every day. So it's beautiful. 
That's, by the way, it's a beautiful thing if you could do that. But it's not called bidui. That's not called confession. Why is this called bidui? Listen to these words. Continuing the pasuk. He says, Lager leatom lealmana kechol mitzvat echa asher asivitani. I did like all the mitzvot that you told me. I didn't transgress the mitzvot of the farming mitzvot. And I didn't forget my duties as a farmer. Where's the doing? So listen to this word. Listen to this. There's one word there. I don't know if you caught it. That is a very powerful word. He says, Kechol mitzvatecha. You get that word? What's kechol? Like all the mitzvah that you commanded me. What do you mean like all? What should it say? Kol! Kol mitzvatecha shetzivitani. You should have said, I did everything you told me. What's kechol mean? Like all. You don't like all means. Like what we do. You know what we do? We're the Kechol Jew. You know the Kechol Jew? You ever heard of him? You heard of the Kechol Jew? Now he did. Need a new, uh, new cap. There's two, ki- there's two kinds of Jews. There's the Kol Jew and the Kechol Jew. Kol Jew does everything right. He can make mistakes. Everyone can make mistakes. But by definition, he is a called Jew. He does everything he's supposed to do. And then there's the Kechol Jew. He almost looks the same. But he's a little different. He is almost all. Like all. All until something is not comfortable for me. Kechol. Kechol is not kol. That's the vidui. The vidui says, I did everything but almost. I didn't do it right. You know how many of us feel the same way? If we actually looked into our lives, we would have the same feeling. There's so much that we can be proud of. There's so much that we can be thankful that we were able to do. And we can go home every night and every week and every month and every year and look at our record and say, we did great this year. We learned Torah. We gave tzedakah. We were honest. We did this. We did that. You know how many things you could look at this year and say, I did great this year in this area. And by the way, you should say you did great in that area. It's important to look back at your success, to strengthen yourself. But it's not kol, it's kechol. Don't forget. Don't forget there's a vidui on that. There's a confession on that. You're doing great, but sometimes the doing great can fool you in thinking that you're actually going to get the ba'u alecha. You're going to get all the beracha and you say, I don't get it. I don't get it. Where's all the berachot? Look at the year that I had. I'm in shul every morning. I'm learning, I'm giving, I'm doing. I don't understand. Where is the Ba'u Alecha? Where is the Ba'u Alecha? Why is that coming to me the way I just learned? Answer is because you're a Kechol. You got to be a Kol Jew. Uba'u Alecha Kol Haberachot Ha'eler. You know how you get Kol Haberachot? You know how you get the entire bundle of Berachon? You have to be a kol asher tzivitani. It comes together. You're a kechol. You also don't get, you get in the Berachah also kechol. So this is a, a huge piece of information. This, by the way, this is talking to people who do a lot. A guy who's hazi doesn't do anything. You got to teach him Aleph Bet. Teach him to start doing a little. But the person who is accomplishing 
and doing and doing and doing, he may end up feeling that he's the biggest person in the world. But kechol is a big item to keep in mind. And it's not allowing the berachat to come to you the way it's supposed to. That's why it says in this parasha, one of the most beautiful berachot. I'm sure some of you are familiar with this berachat. One of the berachot that are mentioned in the kechol berachat, listen to this, in the, sorry, in the ba'u alecha, one of the berachot mentioned in the ba'u alecha, look at this, pasuk yud gimel, chav het, you like this berachat, untanecha, when you live according to the guidelines of the creator, Hashem says, untanecha Adonai lerosh, Hashem will put you Lerosh as the head. Velo lezanav and not a tail. We say this at Rosh Hashanah that we should be like the Rosh and not the Zanav. Comes from this Pasuk. Hashem says, if you do the right thing, I will make you the head and not the tail. Vehayita raklemala and you will only be up. And you will not be down. Nice, beautiful. But question, time out. Obvious question, right? Everybody's reading this right now with me. You're probably starting to think of an obvious question. One second. If God blesses you to be the head, isn't that obvious? You're not the tail. How could you be the head and the tail at the same time? If Hashem says, I'm going to make you the rush, you have to tell me, and you're not going to be a tail. If you're, if you're the head, you're not a tail. And if you're only on top, do you have to tell me that I'm not going to be Lamata? How could you be only on top and also be in the bottom? What kind of blessing is this? Untanecha Hashem Lerosh. And you'll be Lemala only. Of course not. Perhaps. The explanation is very simple. That the biggest curse in life is when you reach the top and there's nowhere to go higher. Because when you reach the top and there's nowhere to go higher, you start becoming a tail. You start to go back down. That's how it is in life. Life is a place that was created where you constantly have to be reaching higher. So when Hashem blesses you that you're going to be the Rosh, with that blessing is an implication of a curse. Because once you reach the top, there's only one place to go after that. It's only going down. Hashem says, no, my blessing will be that you'll hit the top and you'll continue going higher. You'll be Lemala and then you'll realize there's more lemala. You'll be the head and you'll realize there's even higher than that. Because the minute in your life that you think you're the top in what you do, that's it, I'm top. What could be more than this? I do this, I do that, I don't do that, I don't do this. I'm top. You know how many people think they're top? Most people. Most people think they're top. Because everyone has what to point out. And say, look what I do. I do great. This is it. This is who I am. In this world that we live in, when you think you reach the top, you start going the other way and you become a zanav. The top is only a turning point to the tail. Follow? Because the minute you hit the top, you become the tail of the bottom. That's the way... This world runs. That's why Hashem made this world. I told you this once before. It's an amazing, obvious, you notice it everywhere you go, is that Hashem created in this world everything round. Everything's round. Look, that's not. Everything is round. Every tree is round. 
Every branch is round. Every limb is round. Vegetables aren't they all rounded? There's no Hashem didn't make in the natural world any squares. No squares. And no square fruits. Never see a square fruit. You'll never see a square limb. Eyes are round. The world is round. The sun is round. Everything's round. You know, there are more shapes. Did the Creator not know there are more shapes? I mean, look, He made every color, He made every taste, He made every smell. Couldn't He make variations in, in, the, uh, in the shape? Don't you think, you know, when you ever see an artist, when they make something nice, they draw different shapes to make more beauty. Look at how much beauty Hashem made in the world. So much variation. He forgot about the shapes. Make an octagon, make a hexagon, make a square, make a... The world would be so much more beautiful that way. Why? When it came to shapes, everything is round. The answer is because this is a world of movement. And the Hashem reminds you always, movement means you can never stop. In the world of movement, you're either going up or you're going down. But you can't stay the same. That's the way Hashem made the world. So therefore, the biggest curse you can give somebody is that you should reach the top. Because if you curse someone to reach the top, it's a world of movement. So where is he going after the top? So you're basically cursing him to go down. Hashem says, I bless you that you will be Lerosh. But the type of Rosh that's not Zanav. A type of Rosh that sees another Rosh and another Rosh. A type of Lemala that sees even higher than the Lemala that he was chasing. This is the real blessing. Kol Berachot come with constant looking higher and higher. There's more to learn. There's more mitzvot to be cared. There's better way to pray. There's more to do in this life. Do not look at yourself as the top because by definition, you're living a curse in that way. There's more to add. Now Elul is coming, Rosh Hashanah. Like I said, add more time to your learning. We have a 6.15 Gemara in the morning. Come learn Gemara too. You're learning at 45 minutes a day. Make it an hour and a half. Do more. Learn on the train. Learn in your car. Do more mitzvot. Be more careful with your, with your tzedakah. Give your tzedakah with more happiness. Look for the right places to give your charity. Be a better husband. Be a better father. Don't just say, oh, I'm the best father in the world. Every father thinks he's the best father in the world. Don't just say that. You may not be the best father in the world. There may be more things that you should maybe go learn about being a good mechanech. Every person needs to look at the next rosh, at the next top. Because the minute you reach the top, is the minute where you know you're not following the rules of the Torah. Because the rules of the Torah come with a beracha. Uba'u alecha. And the beracha comes kol, an entire package. And part of the kol package is you're constantly striving for higher. If you're not striving for higher, then you're not getting the package of kol berachot. Be'ezrat Hashem, you should be blessed with all the berachot of the Torah. Amen, amen.